If you would like our free newsletters on various religious topics, just send us an email at cdebater at aol.com and free newsletters will be sent to you by mail. Just provide your postal address in your email. The following are samples of some of the newsletters we have available. Does God Believe in Atheists? Part 1 Seventh-day Adventism True or False? The Agony of Deceit The Origins of Muhammad's Religion Spiritual Warfare Are Psychic Mediums Communicating with Ghosts or Demonic Spirits? Testimony to the Eternal Godhead, the Trinity From Tradition to Truth, a Priest's Story an evaluation of the Oneness Pentecostal movement, Mormonism, counterfeit Christianity, turn or burn, Jehovah's Witnesses, deceived deceivers. Links to these newsletters can also be found at our website, www.biblequery.org. Once on the homepage, simply click on the menu icon at the upper left hand corner. Then click on the newsletters button. Feel free to print them out. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. People, especially those who claim to be Christians, make all kinds of excuses why they don't have time for the things of God. Didn't Jesus say there were two great commandments that his followers were to keep? Jesus said in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, quote, And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. If someone is really doing what verse 37 says to do about, quote, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, end quote, this is the great and foremost commandment. Would they really be coming up with a multitude of excuses why they can't do more for the Lord? If a man is about to be married, yet comes up with excuses why he can't come to the wedding, or considers other things more important than his own bride-to-be on a regular basis, is there any reason why that person would be considered to be deeply in love with his soon-to-be wife? Don't actions speak louder than words? In my case, as I approached my wedding day, I was thinking of my soon-to-be wife all the time, day and night. She was the focus of my life, but shouldn't God be 
that focus. If a person is really going to love God with all their heart, soul, and mind, shouldn't God be your overall focus and concern of your life? And if so, then everything else flows down from that. If a person is truly in love with God with all his heart, soul, and mind, then they would treat others as a holy God would have them to treat others. The person who loves God will automatically make a righteous husband, a righteous father, and a good citizen in the community because he loves and honors God by obeying God and what God would have him to do according to his revealed will in the scriptures. The frightening thing is, it appears that most professing Christians don't seem to be able to, quote, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, end quote. Why is this? See our video. 87% of evangelical Christians don't know what the gospel is or what justification is, which reports on actual statistical trends in the evangelical community that reveal that evangelicals in general are woefully ignorant of the things of God. But there's such an emphasis in our preaching on getting better, on improving, uh, on moralism, that, uh, that the, the, the preaching of justification as God's legal verdict in a courtroom really is considered uh, quite impractical by some, and so you look at statistics uh, such as the ones that Barna and Gallup uh, and Hunter and others have done, 87% of America's evangelicals say that in salvation, God helps those who help themselves, and 77% of the evangelicals said that man was basically good by nature. Now, wait a minute. Uh, 80-some-odd percent of confessing evangelicals are saying that God helps those that help themselves, and 77% of confessing evangelicals are saying that mankind is basically good? Absolutely. Aren't those staggering figures? That, that sure that, is. That's hard to believe. Now, I, I, uh, you, know, you look at the medieval slogan and, and the, the, the uh, sort of uh, saying that they had in the Middle Ages was, God will not deny his grace to those who do what lies within their power. Well... You know, I ask people what would be a modern equivalent, and immediately they say, well, God helps those who help themselves. Right. Well, does that mean that 87% of today's professing evangelicals are medieval Roman Catholics in their doctrine of salvation? Well, I, it would seem so. I don't. Uh, well, you know, they, there's, there's another aspect that fits into this, and it's become so popular and prevalent today, and that's a denial of the sovereignty of God. And, and what God has planned for your life and what God is going to do and submitting to his lordship. Yeah, yeah there's a... I, I think it would all fall under a general human-centeredness. We are... We think that we are competent. Give me a roadmap. You know, give me the Time Life uh, series on how to fix, fix everything in your house. Give me the religious equivalent of that. And so you walk into a lot of Christian bookstores and you see, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a self-help section that is the bookstore and maybe a few uh, theology books right. um, tossed over to the side. You look at the Bibles, study Bibles that are coming out. What are they called? Life application, um, uh, uh, women's application, men's application, Bible for truckers, Bible for, <laughs> <laughs> for dentists. 
I mean, it's becoming increasingly ridiculous how everybody's clamoring for application, but there's nothing to apply anymore. There's no doctrine. People who cannot seem to love God with all their heart, soul, and mind are like the evil and wicked servant in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Quote, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him, and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, Even what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness, in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And of course, you can see some footnotes there to augment some of the words mentioned in this passage from Matthew chapter 25. So-called Christians who can't seem to live for God with their lives or overcome the vast temptations of the devil will always give themselves away by what they do and what they don't do. Jesus calls these types of people wicked, lazy, and worthless. And their end will be, quote, outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, end quote. These people are full of excuses why they can't do more for the Lord because, for starters, they are lazy. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13, quote, The sluggard says, There is a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets. End quote. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4, quote, The sluggard 
does not plow after the autumn. So he begs during the harvest and has nothing, end quote. These lazy so-called Christians come up with excuses why they can't do very much for God with their lives. Here are some of the most popular excuses. Number one, my family is number one, and I must drop everything to put my family first over anything else, so God will have to wait until I have more free time. However, Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Two, I work at a 40 hours a week job. Therefore, I don't have time to do much for God. Jesus said, but he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Matthew chapter 25, verse 18. Excuse number three, I'm just tired all the time and sort of feeling sick, so I can't do much. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Excuse number four. I can't afford to spend too much time doing church stuff or Bible stuff because I might miss too many important sports events. But God says, quote, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments, end quote. Excuse number five. I find Bible studies and preachers to be really dull and boring, so it is difficult to spend much time on church stuff. But 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 5 says, quote, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to miss." But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, end quote. In my own case, and this is Larry Wessel speaking, and I'm not trying to brag here, 
But I'm just trying to demonstrate that good Christian service to God can be done despite the circumstances you may find yourself in. Over the last 35 years, since 1985, I have been working the night shift at the post office in Austin, Texas. And for the most part of that time, six nights a week, from 8 p.m. at night to either 4.30 a.m. in the morning or 6.30 a.m. in the morning to support my family. Daryl David, great to see you, Daryl. Great to see you, Larry. Daryl is uh, one of my co-workers at my job. I work for the United States Postal Service. Been there 31 years now when we're videotaping. Years. Yeah, just think someone watching this 15 years from now. <laughs> God, is he still yeah, down there? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, at the moment we're filming this, it's been 31 years. How long have you been down there? Been there since 98. 1998. That's still 16. a long time. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, that's 18 years 18, yeah. at the yeah. time we're filming this. Yeah. Uh, so... So I think I've known you the whole 18 years. Yes. We've been in yes. close proximity yep. in the building where we work. Uh, in fact, uh, if it, no one believes that I work at the, the post office, here's a, here's a shot of how they put two, <laughs> two yeah. posters of yeah. me hanging from the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you, can, you can see how I do a great job in what I do. And uh, so uh, that's, that's my picture evidence that I'm yeah. a postal worker, yeah. that, uh, that I've done these things. And uh, if that's not enough, I'll show you this. If a dog rushes toward you, do not run. Back up very slowly facing the dog. Keep your mail satchel between you and the dog as a first line of defense. Speak pleasantly, but avoid direct eye contact. Use dog spray only if you are attacked. Spray it directly at the dog's nostrils. Do not use spray indiscriminately or when there is danger of spraying children or adults. So not bad. See, I know how to defend myself against vicious dogs. So. <laughs> Used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did look a little young in that you thing. Didn't run, man. <laughs> so anyway, down at the post office, I'm what's known as a, a manual letters clerk, and but you're something totally different. Yes. So what Ma do you do down there? Well, I'm a maintenance mechanic. Okay. Turn, turn wrenches on on the equipment. Okay. So, so. you do all yeah. you keep the equipment working. Now we got, and we have we have a lot of equipment down there. Yes, we do. Since 2007, I have also been working as a real estate agent during the day to raise funds to pay for our Christian Answers video production expenses. God has blessed me concerning both professions. And at the same time, since 1985, I've been able to put out hundreds of cable access TV shows, as well as hundreds of internet video presentations, along with newsletters going out to an international mailing list, and radio shows done during the 1980s and 1990s. All this while also taking care of my two special needs children, whom I consider to be a blessing from God. Thus, in my opinion, no real Christian will make excuses why they cannot find enough time in the service of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, quote, Making the most of your time, because the days are evil. End quote. I'm Daniel Wessels. This is my sister Marlena. This is my other sister Gloria. And this is my brother Tommy. 
Greetings and welcome everyone to our program. I'm Larry Wessels and I want to thank you for being with us today. I am with my children, my four kids that the Lord blessed me with. Of course, Daniel, who already did the introduction earlier. Uh, Marlena here. Gloria, who's autistic. And uh, Thomas, who was born in 1982 with uh, severe brain damage. Now, what I'm going to do for this particular video is talk about the uh, use of time. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, as Christians, we all have our own circumstances, including with family. In my particular case, I have two special blessings. Thomas here. As you can see here, this is from one of our newsletters from the past called Special Ministry Update. And years ago, I uh, put some pictures of my two special needs kids in here and said something about them. And here's what it says. I have also been blessed with two special children from the Lord. My oldest son, Thomas, 21 years of age at this point, when this newsletter was published years ago, as I said, was born with severe brain damage. Thomas was in critical condition, suffering from an ever-increasing frequency of seizures as a newborn infant. The seizures started about one to two hours apart. However, they increased to within 10 to 20 minutes apart. Over the next couple of months, doctors in Austin and San Antonio were at a loss as how to stabilize his condition. As Tommy's condition worsened, I called for my pastor, Jackson Boyette, pastor of Dayspring Chapel here in Austin, and the elders of the church, according to James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Quote, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. A few hours after Tommy was anointed and prayed over, he was taken to the Texas Children's Hospital in Houston, Texas, where the physicians, by God's grace, were able to stop the seizures. From that day on, Thomas has never had another seizure, although because of his brain damage, he is on the mental level of a four-month-old child. Tommy cannot talk or walk. He travels by wheelchair and I have been changing his diapers now for 21 years. Of course, at the time I'm reading this, I've been changing his diapers now for 38 years. But my wife, Diane, and I love him dearly. The following is just a assortment of photos of Tommy over the years.
and my daughter Gloria, who uh, is also a special needs child. Our other special child is our 14-year-old daughter named Gloria. At the time I'm reading this, she's 30 years old. She was born moderately retarded. Of course, she's autistic as well and did attend, of course it says, and now attend special education classes, but they stopped doing it after the age of 26. She can walk and talk and particularly likes to sing. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Here's a quick collage of photos of Gloria over the years. also do a lot of things for the Lord. You can redeem the time because the days are evil and do evangelism, do things for God that you had never dreamed you could do even when you're working full-time jobs like I do. I work two secular jobs besides uh, mm. doing the ministry. Gloria, look this way. Hang in there, girl. We're almost done. And uh, of course, my son Daniel here really helped me a lot over the years. In another one of our newsletters, which were produced by my son, Daniel Wessels, born in 1985, here he is in a picture that appeared in that newsletter. It says, Daniel Wessels, born in 1985, has been doing the desktop publishing of the Christian Answers newsletters since he was 14 years old. Danny is seen here working on this very newsletter. This is the one on an exciting new opportunity in evangelism as we were first getting on the internet on YouTube. Danny is seen here working on this very newsletter in the ministry office. Here's a few samples of some of the many newsletters that Danny worked on over a 16-year period. Jehovah's Witnesses Deceived Deceivers, Mormonism Counterfeit Christianity, Seventh-day Adventism is Not the Truth, From Tradition to Truth, The Priest Story, that's with former Roman Catholic priest Richard Bennett, who is a Dominican priest for 22 years. Of course, the famous Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, on the subject of concerning death. Nation of Islam, understanding the black Muslims of Louis Farrakhan and Elijah Muhammad. And of course, one of the most unpopular topics of all, how sovereign is God? You have a scriptural review of what the Bible says about how sovereign is God. And believe it or not, most people in the world hate the sovereignty of God. And there's many more newsletters beside this. These are available still to this day. You can get them free by contacting our ministry at cdebater at aol.com. We're now getting ready to convert to digital newsletters. So you can email us at that same cdebater at aol.com to get on our mailing list when we start putting out a digital newsletter. But anyway, Danny, my son, is responsible for all this desktop publishing over all the many years for Christian Answers. In fact, uh, since he's uh, got his own life and recently got married, congratulations, uh, and uh, he's in, in a profession of his own now, he doesn't have the kind of time he used to have to do the newsletters, so I, I still haven't found anybody to do them yet. But anyway, uh, Marlena, 
Tell us a little bit about your uh, your music ministry, things that you do uh, for the Lord while you're also taking care of three grandkids, three granddaughters, and things like that. Busy life, working a full-time job, doing all these things, but yet you still write songs for the Lord. Uh, that's just the Holy Spirit giving me what I need when I need it. <laughs> that's really all it is. Yeah. And, um, don't you do like open mic and things uh, like there that? There is an open mic for Jesus that we meet every quarter, and you get to hear other Christian songwriters that aren't on the radio or you wouldn't know about them unless you actually attend. And I've been going to that for since 2010, so eight years. Eight years. And then uh, don't you post some of the videos that you've done yourself? on YouTube and things like that. Now, if someone wanted to see that, where would they go on YouTube? What would they, what's your channel name? Um, that Marlena Christine. What'd you say? That, that Marlena Christine. And uh, so, and you're on Facebook and things like that. All right, folks, this is the music CDs that my daughter Marlena has done. They're songs she's written herself in praise of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of the Bible. Her first CD music album was called Win This Fight, which you see right there. The other CD album, the second one, the songs that she wrote along with a couple of other things added in, is called God Created. And that's an ultrasound picture there of my third granddaughter, my daughter's daughter. And then in the middle is a actual DVD of a compilation of all the songs that were in her second music CD. Now, just for people watching this, I usually send Marlena's CDs out free to anyone that contacts our ministry at cdebater at aol.com when they're requesting newsletters or other information, all for free, of course. But then I usually put one of these two music albums in with the newsletters and other items that are being requested free of charge. So if anyone wants a free copy of either one of Marlena's CD albums, feel free to email us at cdebater at AOL, and I'll send those music CDs by my daughter out to you for free. Here's a quick clip from one of Marlena's songs that she has written herself. Jesus is Savior. Bring thankfulness. Good morning. said in John 14 6 I am the way the truth and the life 
and no man comes to the Father except by me. With that said, I want to thank you for being with us here today. God bless you all, and we'll talk to you next time.
If you like our YouTube channel, please subscribe by clicking on the subscribe button and then by also clicking the bell above to get an automatic update whenever we produce another YouTube video for our See Answers TV channel. Please share our videos with your friends and relatives. May God bless you. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. See related videos by tapping or clicking screens.